will regulated militia be necessary to the security of a free state? The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I'm glad you've joined us on the program today. Coming up in a matter of moments, we're going to be talking with Mr. Mash Ray from Black Guns Matter about his plans for 2021 and what he thinks about the city of Philadelphia's response or lack thereof uh, to the uh, violent crime wave that is gripping that city. 499 homicides last year in 2020. Things are not any better in 2021. Uh, and yet, you know, the elected officials there in Philadelphia keep uh, saying, well, the answer is more gun control laws from Harrisburg or, uh, you know, maybe we need to do something to, uh, to, to ban guns here in Philadelphia. We need home rule powers if uh, Harrisburg's not going to do it. They keep focusing on uh, trying to rid the city of guns rather than trying to actually deal with the much smaller number of violent criminals uh, in the city. But before we get to that, I do want to uh, at least acknowledge the uh, shootings overnight in uh, Atlanta, in and around Atlanta, Georgia. Eight people are dead in this uh, spree shooting that targeted uh, massage parlors. We don't know a lot as of the time of uh, me recording this. So I, I, I thought about trying to do today's show uh, specifically about what happened last time. But there's still just too much unknown information. And unlike most of the media outlets that will just, you know, veer off wildly into uh, into narratives, I'm not interested in that. Uh, what we do know is that the 21-year-old suspect uh, has been taken into custody. Uh, there are no signs that, uh, that this individual... Uh, was prohibited by law from uh, owning or possessing a firearm. There were reports that uh, uh, he did possess a valid hunting license uh, in the state of Georgia. Uh, obviously, we know that there is going to be uh, not only a, a criminal investigation uh, into this, but that uh, gun control activists are going to try to seize on this uh, uh, horrific tragedy uh, as justification for more gun control measures, either the uh, background check bills that passed out of the House last week, perhaps Joe Biden's gun ban, uh, whatever they think that they can try to fit in to the facts of this case. And, and if the facts of this case simply suggest that no, no gun control laws would have uh, made a difference here, well, then that's when they'll start to create their narrative that, uh, again, we have to send a message. We have to do something uh, as opposed to doing something that works. That, unfortunately, is a common problem and a common attribute among many elected officials these days. The desire to do something as opposed to doing the things that actually will make a difference, not by trying to infringe on the constitutional rights of Americans, but again, by targeting those violent offenders in the first place. And that's, a, uh, I think, a fairly good segue into our conversation with Mr. Maj Ture from Black Guns Matter. Take a look and a listen. Maj, how are you, sir? Thanks for coming on the show today. What's up, Cam? How are you? Uh, you know, I'm good, man. I, it's been uh, too long. So, so uh, before we get into what's going on in Philadelphia, tell me what's going on with Black Guns Matter. What's the latest? Uh, the latest is um, I'm, I'm phasing out. Uh, I, I want to buy some land uh, in the year 2021. Um, I think I've done a lot of work over the last four or five years, and um, I... The, the government lockdowns have made me feel kind of like, uh, I believe that we're in the last stages of what happens to every great empire before it falls. Um, 
And um, I feel wholly unprepared that the American public will do what's necessary to defend our constitutional republic. And in doing so, um, and feeling that way, hopefully I'm wrong, but in feeling that way, I recognize how much I don't have control over my life, my and my family's life. We don't grow food. Um, I don't know how to build a house. Just man stuff that like man stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, now, as far as like going to go, like if the zombie apocalypse happens, like me going to go take a bunch of people's stuff. Oh, me and my friends are absolutely prepared to do that. <laughs> but that's but that's wrong. You know what I'm saying? And so, yeah. um, I mean, if it's Mad Max and the Thunderdome, you know, it is what it is. However, I would much prefer to defend what we built. And most city people and most Americans haven't. We have a great opportunity in these lands that we live in. But we don't know how to do anything. And so um, if we are in the last stages of this republic, uh, I want to be able to have land, grow food, you know, work on cars, you know, know how to build a house, know, know some electrician stuff, know how to, you know, um, like guys are like, yeah, I'll buy gold. And it's like, do you know what to do with hard metal when like, do you know how to melt gold down and turn it into a different denser, you know, a dense metal? Right. So, so um, if we don't get our goal, uh, I'm going to stop. I'm going to be like Thanos on my own little planet. Learning how to grow food and like survive and really not depend on the government for anything. Um, well, listen, I mean, as somebody who, you know, left uh, the D.C. suburbs eight years ago and moved to a uh, small farm in Central Virginia, I, I'm fully on board with you uh, getting land, learning how to grow your own food. If I can be of any help. Yeah. Uh, in fact, you know, if you need a good realtor in Virginia, I don't know where you're looking, but uh I would not recommend Virginia, honestly, unfortunately. I mean, great, great land, great people, but uh, bad laws right now. Maybe West Virginia. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just, just my luck, somebody will, we, we, we raised and gave away about $400,000. I said, I did exactly what I said I was going to do with the money. We made a hell of an impact with pretty much pennies. Um, that was not our original goal. It, it kept incrementally as we would hit the goal. People would be like, you know, you got to do more. And I'm like, OK, cool. To the point where people said you need to raise it to one million dollars. And I've already said what I'm going to do with the remaining, you know, six hundred and some odd thousand dollars. We're going to buy a building outright so everyone across the country can come learn for free. That's what the money It's already earmarked. Um, just my luck, because I kind of am excited to to build things and learn and. Just like this year, I'm going to be training. I haven't consistently trained since I started BGM for myself. I'm going to be taking classes with um, our guy, Akil, from Taylor Defense Training Group in May. He's a 22-year, mm -hmm. uh, uh, he's a Green Beret, 22 years in. Um, he's now a paramedic. I'm going to take his class. I'm going to go probably try to sit up under Jaeger for some time. You know what I mean? I'm going to go try to take classes with people that I have these relationships with and just get better. Um, but, you know, they say when you want to make God laugh, you, you tell him your plans. You know what I'm saying? So just my luck, somebody would be like, oh, you needed a building? Here you go. Keep, get back to work. You know what I'm saying? Well, um, I, I got to say, I'm, I'm, I'm actually hoping that that happens because I would I would hate to see Black Guns Matter go away. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think this has been such a valuable resource. And I think that, uh, honestly, there there is so much uh, work left to be done because, uh, you know, so, so let's talk about what's going on in Philadelphia right now, if you don't mind, because I think that this has a, a, a big bearing on 
Black Guns Matter's message and its mission. I mean, you had 499 homicides in Philadelphia last year. There's a 30-year high. You've got a district attorney who is prosecuting about half the number of felonies that uh, his predecessor was. Uh, You've got uh, a mayor who believes that the problem is legal gun owners. When you look at, at the city's response to the violence in Philadelphia, what's your reaction? I think that they went out of their way to not listen to our work in 2016. In 2016, we did before we went on this tour. And this is another thing that makes me a little bit disheartened. We went on this before we went on the tour. We did most of our classes in Philadelphia. When the stats came out for 2016, Philadelphia had the lowest violent crime that it had since 1979. Um, and in the last few years, I've, we've been traveling around the country, and gun gun purchasing in the African American community has went up. You know, I said that this was going to be our plan from the very beginning, and it's worked nationally. But we've somewhat ignored Philadelphia. Uh, but we have something to show that, okay, we did conflict resolution and safety. What the city did when we were doing most of our classes across the street from the, the licensing unit, they literally picked up the licensing unit and moved it somewhere else. In a more remote part of town, the hours are from like 8, 9 in the morning to 1 in the afternoon. You know, um, Firearms Policy Coalition, you know, was about to get on a heavy lawsuit with them because they weren't allowing people during the government overreach in the form of, you know, the so-called pandemic. They weren't allowing people to, you know, go online and do it like everything else in the universe. You know, and so this is the indication that city government, especially in Philadelphia, is not actually trying to respect the republic, respect the Pennsylvania state constitution. Article one, section 21 is very clear. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be questioned. You know, that's what our state constitution says. Um, And they're going out of their way to not only criminalize law-abiding citizens in that regard, but also not actually solve the problem. And uh, it's indicative. And I I mean, I I know a few guys, you know, council member uh, Kenyatta Johnson, I I ran for city council. I've had these relationships with a lot of these folks. Um, They are interested in doing more of the same. More of the same does not work. You cannot ignore the fact that we do conflict resolution in Philadelphia 2016, Violent crime rates longer than long, lowest has been in decades. There's something there that we can expand on. I am of the belief that they are not interested. I've had conversations with these guys. They want to say something, continue to get funding. The city of Philadelphia has had like around $10 million for these stop the violence campaigns over however many years during that time. If we had $2 million, right? and concentrated on Philadelphia, we could cut some of this right, nip it right in the bud. I am of the un, un, unfortunate belief that local government, without a, a serious, you know, course correction, is not interested in solving the problem. They are interested in talking about what the problems are. You know, I mean, I look, I see that. And it, it and what drives me crazy is over the last, I don't know, probably the last six or eight months, I, I've I've noticed that there, it seems like there's this divide that's kind of unspoken in the gun control movement. You've got the 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 old school gun control advocates who say, "Look, the the, the answer is we need more laws on the books, right? Uh, we need more policing. We need more laws, more incarceration for people who violate these laws. We're going to ban our way to safety." And then I think you've got I, I think a younger generation of activists who I wouldn't even necessarily call gun control activists. I think they're more about violence prevention. And they say, no, look, we don't need more policing. We don't want more policing. We don't want to. We can't arrest our way to safety here. What we need is 
to do the things that kind of the things that you were talking about, you know, conflict resolution, de-escalation, reaching out to those communities where crime is a problem and talking to those individuals who are driving that crime, dealing with those individuals, uh, as opposed to slapping another gun law on the books. Now, I don't know how many of those violence prevention advocates are on board with also teaching people their rights uh, and, you know, teaching people how to be responsible gun owners. It seems like that's sort of where their their allyship is with gun control advocates. They both groups don't like guns, but only one part of the gun control movement right now really wants more laws on the books. To me, I see this huge opening for groups yeah. like Black Guns Matter and some of the violence prevention advocates, these you know, that younger generation that's moving up that both recognize Look, more, more, more gun control laws aren't the answer. Right. Let's go into these communities and come up and not even come up with because we know what those effective solutions are. Start yes. implementing right. those effective solutions to make these communities safer. I fear that the people in certain positions, not the not boots on the ground folks and the people, when you explain it to it the way that you just said, the people get it. And they're like, absolutely. The people that would allocate those resources um, if you were asking for them, yeah, they haven't. They have an interest in just appearing to do something. You know, it's it. There's, there's, you know, this this whole government overreach pandemic thing. We have not. We've seen conversations about masks and um, mandatory masks and vaccines, or experimental or not, whatever, whatever. We have not seen conversations around around building healthy immune systems. We have not seen conversations around sunlight, vitamin D, cardio, like spring water, fruits and vegetables. That solves the problem. The purpose of initially making Black Guns Matter was to make the need for it obsolete. Um, this shouldn't be a career thing. This should be a, we got this problem, here's some solutions, let's adapt and let's apply them and never have this conversation again. The people in those political positions are, be, are getting kickbacks and financial incentives for uh, pretending, pretending like they actually want to do something. It's like the pastor that just continues to talk about sin that doesn't actually, you know, your church is open on Sundays. There's a bunch of homeless people. It's cold outside. How can we implement some of these things as well for overall reduction in sin? We, we can bring people in and genuinely they can come as they are. These people are liars. And I, and I, I usually am very, uh, you know, operating in good faith. These people are liars. It is, it is proven to me that they have a vested interest in continuing their seats. You know, there's like, some people need to just go learn how to play basketball. Like, if you, if you're, if you're, if you have a job that government has created that you can continue to kind of say things like you're impacted negatively and we got to stop the violence, increase the peace. These slogans that you can say for 40 years, but you are not actually interested in the application of the solution. That's what most of Philadelphia government is. They are not interested in applying the solution. They are actually, in, in all fairness, I am of the belief, and this is my opinion, I am of the belief that they not only do not view themselves as public servants, they actually do not like their constituents. They do not like you. You are a, uh, a class of people that are in an impediment to their ultimate aims. If you're a council person, 
You have this thing called councilmanic privilege. You want to, Philadelphia is for sale to the developers. You want to, you know, in your particular zone, I have councilmanic privilege. I determine who gets the land grants to build development. I need that money on the back end. That is the game that is being played in Philadelphia. They are allowing certain things to continue and fester because those same politicians want to make Philadelphia separate from the state of Pennsylvania. They want to make rules that they don't have to follow, follow in alignment with our state's great constitution, especially when it comes to the right of the people to keep and bear arms. They're utilizing these um, atrocities. 500 murders in a year is an atrocity. They're allowing this to argue their perspective that, well, maybe since we have a separate series of problems, we should be outside of the confines of our state constitution. They're allowing people to die as opposed to applying solutions that everybody anti-gun, pro-gun can get behind in regards to violence prevention. You don't have to have a gun to apply this information. You don't have to have a gun to throw the book at someone with the laws that are already on the books when they use a crime to violently assault another citizen. You don't have to be a gun owner to do that. So it's clear. They have a vested interest in selling uh, snake oil. You know, ha they have a vested interest in telling people that they're, 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 we're the government and we're here to help. Please stop helping them. You know, <laughs> I, I, I have a goal of uh, I'm going to try this year, you know, and hopefully maybe we'll hit our numbers. But it, regardless or if we do or not, I'm going to start um, volunteering to shift voting patterns. When I ran for city council, I do think that, that that election was cheated. It was the same machines, same machines, right? But I couldn't prove it. So it's not what you know, it's what you can prove. But what I didn't do was I didn't create a base. I needed about 40,000 seats or votes to, to take that city council at large seat. I didn't have a base. So now what I'm going to do is I'm going to make 50,000 people in Philadelphia switch their voting from Democrat, because Philly's 80% Democrat, to Libertarian. Or maybe even independent or maybe Republican. My point in that is we have to shift the voting policies or trends because I don't want I'm, I, I, I'm past the point of thinking that these uh, local politicians are operating in good faith. They are not. We have to make it a, a, a political incentive for them to do what we tell them to do. So if we switch, switch 50,000 people on a local election, that can have a heck of uh, impact. We shift 50,000 people to be libertarian and vote and put in libertarian candidates if I got to run again myself. So be it. But my point is, um, I have absolutely no faith in the political establishment in the city of Philadelphia. Their actions and deeds, I'm pretty sure they're great humans. They love their family, all of these other different things. But there's more of the, you know, do as I say, not as I do or all for me, none for thee mentality. And I, and I hate that it gets to those cliches, but... They are the living, walking example of those cliches in the face of information and data that shows that a more well-informed, safe and responsible gun-owning populace is a, the violent crime rates will drop. We see that on a national level over 20 years as licenses to carry have gone up. Ironically, violent crime has went down over the last 20 years. Mm -hmm. As we've seen more states that have become constitutional carry, I think we're up to 17 or 18, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Um, we're seeing these things happen. So we have on a national, state, and local level of cities that have more safe and responsible gun owners, 
we have less violent crime. So the data's there. They are interested in taking dollars from the Bloombergs and all of these other guys, you know, so we have to kind of remove them from their job. They are no longer fit to serve. And I would really, really, I used to really try to not say it as aggressively because I wanted, I wanted to believe that they were operating in good faith, but they are not. Talking again with Mr. Maj Ture, founder of Black Guns Matter. Maj, listen, man, I appreciate you spending some time with me. Uh, I wish you all of the best. Again, I, I want to see a Black Guns Matter, uh, 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 you know, continue on into the future. But um, if you need any, you know, gardening advice, things of that nature, I'm, I'm happy to help on a uh, part-time yeah. basis, pro bono. Uh, and, and listen, man, let's stay in touch because uh, you really are doing great work. And I, I, I wish that the elected officials in Philadelphia would actually uh, stop there bloviating and start listening uh, to activists like yourself. Thank you. I'm going to call you for some of that off-grid living, Cam, for sure. All right, brother. We'll talk to you soon. Maz Ray with Black Guns Matter joins us here on Cam and Company. I do appreciate Maz joining us on the program. And, you know, look, I- I'm not I'm not full doomer right now, but I totally get the the feeling that Maj has that, oh, boy, you know, maybe we are on the the downhill slide uh, and maybe we're starting to pick up speed. Um, I, I think that is a, a reasonable concern to have. Now, I'm not suggesting that things are going to go Mad Max or Thunderdome like and Maj wasn't either. But the idea that things are going to get worse, that that the uh, the, the ideology uh, of the left uh, is one that, again, is not focused at this point on actually taking substantive steps to uh, improve the safety of our communities while maintaining the individual liberties that we possess as Americans. Uh, but instead, that from, uh, you know, the, the attempts to force conformity of thought and speech uh, to the attempts to restrict the individual freedoms of Americans and their civil liberties, uh, that this is not going away and uh, may still, in fact, be building. I do not think that that is an unreasonable position to hold. Now, I also don't think, and I think Maj made it clear, he's, he's not, uh, you know, folding up the tent and uh, taking his guns and going home. Uh, he wants to continue to be uh, an activist. And I think we all must continue to be engaged and involved uh, to uh, uh, try to stop the slide. And we're not going to do it in 15 days. Any more than uh, 15 days to slow the spread actually stopped after 15 days. This is a, a, a generational battle uh, and one that started, uh, you know, long before now and will continue uh, for years and decades to come. But it's a fight ultimately for our freedom, for our liberties, for what it means to be an American. And that is a fight that is worth having. All right, let's turn our attention now to our good deed of the day, our uh, armed citizen story, our recidivist report. We will start there with a story out of Boise, Idaho. There was a shooting just off campus at Boise State over the weekend, not involving uh, any students or staff. It turns out this was actually a an attempted robbery uh, near the campus of uh, Boise State. The uh, homicide victim, Guy Lopez II of Boise, 24 years of age, He ended up uh, passing away in the emergency room of a local hospital after he was shot multiple times. 
Um, according to police, a shooting happened around 1130 on Monday night. So, excuse me, I said this was uh, over the weekend, uh, but it was actually late Monday night. Police arrested 23-year-old Devon Mosley and 22-year-old Matthew Crawford and have charged both of them with first-degree murder. According to police, Mosley and Crawford went up to Lopez with the intent to rob him. Crawford then fired his gun several times, hitting Lopez. After a a brief foot chase, both men were taken into custody. They are expected to appear in court today. Uh, Mosley, at age 23, is currently on probation for aggravated battery, told officers that he was in possession of a shotgun. He's also been charged with unlawful of possession of a weapon by a felon. The uh, Boise Police Department continues to investigate. But this is important because, you know, even in states, the, the problem that we talk about, about, you know, not getting serious about violent crime, this is not just a blue state problem. It's not just a problem in Philadelphia. You will find these types of stories in red states, in states that have very good gun laws and respect the Second Amendment. The fact of the matter is our criminal justice system is reliant on plea bargains. About 97%, excuse me, yeah, 97%, not 927, 97% of felony cases end in plea bargains, which means less time behind bars, fewer consequences for violent crimes, and a sense that, you know what, I can get away with this, and uh, the punishment is not going to be all that severe. When that happens, we should not be surprised when violent crimes escalate and when individuals like Mr. Mosley end up, uh, again, as part of our recidivist report. Now, today's armed citizen story from uh, the Lone Star state of Texas, where a grand jury declined to indict a homeowner uh, who killed a suspected burglar last November. This was in uh, Tarrant County. 48-year-old Kevin Hamilton of Hearst uh, was the uh, homeowner in question. They declined to indict Hamilton on murder and tampering with evidence charges in the shooting death of James Martinez of Irving, Texas. Uh, Hamilton's attorney, Christy Jack, said that it was no surprise, quote, that uh, Kevin Hamilton, a licensed to carry holder, was cleared of all charges. The grand jury got it right. This is a case of self-defense. In Texas, you have the right to protect your home, your property, and your life, pure and simple. This is the end of a nightmare for Kevin Hamilton. Hamilton told police in Hearst, Texas, that he shot and killed Martinez because the suspected burglar tried to run him over with a car. Uh, Police wrote in a warrant that video from Hamilton's doorbell camera never showed Hamilton standing in front of Martinez's car. They said that Hamilton fired at Martinez several times as he stood to the side uh, of the vehicle. But again, the uh, grand jury investigating this case, uh, no billing this uh, decision. And so the uh, homeowner uh, will not face any charges after the uh, grand jury ruled that he was acting in self-defense. Finally today, our good deed of the day. From California, the uh, Fresno area, where a FedEx driver in the right place at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing by jumping into a freezing river to save a woman who had crashed her car. Brandon Alt says he was uh, really just beginning his delivery route on Monday when he saw a car in front of him slowly weaving across the road, and then it went off the road and into the Truckee River. The uh, woman driving the car. Apparently not under the influence of anything, just distracted. 
She was on the phone. She was singing happy birthday to a relative, wasn't paying attention to what was going on, and uh, ended up going into the river. Uh, Alt pulled over, saw her car halfway submerged. He jumped into the water, pulled the woman back to dry land. He said, I would hope and expect that uh, anybody in that situation would do the same thing. Uh, I, I, you know, you'd hope, but I, I don't know that you could actually expect that. So again, in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing. Uh, Brandon Alt, there in California, we thank you for your very good deed. As for the uh, driver, I, I would hope that she would have learned a lesson about distracted driving. Please don't. Uh, the life you save may very well be your own. Pay attention to what's in front of you while you're driving. You, again, you know, you'd think these fairly basic reminders, but uh, no, apparently we need to do some, uh, you know, continuing education on even some of the uh, the simplest rules of life. All right, that is going to do it for this edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. We will be back tomorrow with more of the latest Second Amendment news and information, uh, including uh, any uh, updates out of Georgia uh, regarding the uh, the motive, regarding the uh, details of this case and what gun control activists are saying about it. Uh, don't forget, you can subscribe to Town Hall Media on YouTube. That way you'll never miss a program or on Rumble at Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. We are also on Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Amazon Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Just look for Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. You'll find us there. Until we talk again, be well, be safe, and be free.